0: On this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, you're going to hear a series of poets perform their poetry that they submitted to our latest contest. The prompt, how are you inspired by the moon? Not literally, but the thought of the moon, the image of the moon, the stories of the moon. Please sit back and enjoy this wonderful selection of poems and poets.
1: Hi, I'm Nancy Cook. I run The Witness Project a program of free community writing workshops in Minneapolis, designed to enable creative work by underrepresented voices. I also serve as flash fiction editor for Callisto Gaia Press. I've been twice nominated for a Pushcart Prize, and I've been awarded grants from, among others, the Minnesota State Arts Board, the National Parks Arts Foundation, the Mayo Clinic, and Integrity Arts and Culture. Some of my newest work can be found in Channel Magazine, Decomp Journal, and the Michigan Quarterly Review. The poem I'm about to read is part of a collection written in 2020. I'd given myself the challenge of writing a poem every week based on something in that week's news. Of course, little did I know when I started this project what 2020 would bring. In any case, on october twenty sixth, I saw this lead in the Washington Post a Pair of Studies confirm there is water on the moon, a discovery that came as no surprise to poets, dreamers, lovers and of tales and of myths. And my poem inspired by this news is called Moon Water. Could this be what it's like on the moon bone cracking cold stars sprinkled like salt in a sky soup nights like these we children held hands the old ones told tales jack and jill tumbled on the moon spilling their water pail nana once said and pointed to bappi's bald head this is where the children fell she teased laughing One night, Auntie came for tea and whispered, The Maori say a girl who cursed the moon was taken from earth. You can see her there, alone at night, still holding her water gourd." But when I scanned the sky, I saw only a bald head, haloed. Sometimes the moon rose high, and pale light filled our dingy flat and spread across the black-topped lot outside the window, leaving a mirage of shadow ghosts and quivering puddles. Nights like these, bone-cracking cold, the old ones telling tales. Many years later, a girl who loved me told me this. Long, long ago lived a boy who was terribly sad, but cried no tears. Moon took pity on the unhappy boy, floated down, down, down to earth, and sat beside the boy, said, let your tears fall on me, I'll take them to the sky. The boy began to weep, his tears the very first tears on earth. Moon blessed the boy, and ever after, Moon has carried that boy's tears on her travels across the sky. Full moon nights, we can see those tears spilt from lunar eyes. Tonight, the cold stiffens bones. Moonlight shimmers in iced puddles. We step gingerly like astronauts. My children holding hands under stars, sprinkled like salt. The nine-year-old says scientists have found water on the moon. I kiss their heads. I tell them tales of long, long ago, of shadow ghosts, of children lost and spills and tears. I tell them, we are a people crying for the moon. We are a people thirsting for that which someday will survive us.
2: My name is John Peter Beck, and I've been writing poetry for nearly six decades. Uh, During that time, for the last 30 years, I've been a professor at Michigan State University in a unit called Our Daily Work, Our Daily Lives that looks at the intersection of work and culture broadly defined. This poem, Moon, is gonna be read without a lot of introduction because it's such a short poem. But I uh, give it to you uh, in this special issue. Uh, because I think that it's wonderful that they've brought together all of these poems celebrating the moon. Moon. It is not the full-faced leer, the late-night voyeur peeking in the window, pulling at the tides, brightly troubling our sleep. It is, instead, the Cheshire Cat's smile of remembrance, faint along the rim, hiding in the clouds, shyly revealed as the veils slide the bare shoulder of the hills and fade into the trees.
3: My name's Carmen DiBiase. I'm Professor Emeritus of English Literature at Jacksonville State University, and I'm really pleased uh, to have this opportunity uh, to have my uh, sestina on Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, published by Viewless Wings. I really appreciate the opportunity. The the poem is part of a th- part of a group of 3 sestinas in the voices of Shakespearean characters. And I chose the sestina form because it's uh, it's a very strict restrictive form and because I began with Lady Macbeth who is a trapped character and i felt that such a constricting form uh, even a claustrophobic form would be appropriate for um, for such a, a trapped character and it's uh, part of what uh, makes the form so tight is that uh, every line of every six-line stanza ends with the same uh, with the same six words and they repeat themselves in a in a very strict order uh, as the stanzas unfold and the Last stanza is only three lines, but each of the three lines must contain two of the of the six words. So it's a very constraining, very tight form. And the trick, it seems to me, is to make it sound unforced. So this is um a Midsummer Nut Brown Ale is, is um uh, the second of three sestinas that I'm collaborating with James Woodward, who is our resident composer and filmmaker, and he's making film shorts of these poems. And we've completed the the one in Lady Macbeth's voice, and we're working on one based on King Lear, and eventually we'll move on to Midsummer Nut Brown Ale. Midsummer Nut Brown Ale I'm not some common fairy, some jackass born low with no ambition but to serve. Now mustard seed and cobweb, oh, they love to fetch the bee from its sweet pregnant flower, and to their pampered master bring the juice. I roam free, guided only by the moon. I can round the earth, even reach the moon. If I am rested, could a tethered ass fly like me to the west, Find Cupid's juice, and by sunset have it ready to serve to some sleeping dolt? Squeezed out from its flower, it can move cold cobblestones to hot love. Yes, I blundered, I made the wrong boy love, They all looked the same under that pale moon. That boy, what chaos, wanted to deflower the girl on sight. Oberon kicked my ass for that whole mess, said I did not deserve the privilege of handling that rare juice. But ah, this, this fine pint of nut-brown juice will make me whole." Did Oberon not love how well I groomed that vain bottom To serve his turn on shrill Titania? She was moonstruck by a hairy, long-eared, braying ass. To her he seemed brave manhood in full flower. And you, Hippolyta, you old pressed flower, you trophy bride, already out of juice on nuptial day. You desiccated ass! When Pyramus and Thisbe's tragic love became a comedy, the very moon smiled on those actors who had come to serve their story to you. May your bile preserve that frown of yours, that rumpled cauliflower poor Theseus kissed, On his numb honeymoon So may you warn the young Whose brains the juice of life addles Let's talk no more of love Raise high your glasses to my favorite ass Bottoms up Serve me one more nut-brown juice Have I offended you, my flower, my love? If I should moon you, kindly, kindly Spank my ass.
0: Our next poet, Beatriz Seylander, is a Brazilian author from Sao Paulo. Her fiction has appeared in Kajibi, Azure, Psychopomp, among many others, while her essays can be found at websites such as The Collapser and Sterling Clack Clack, where she acts as creative nonfiction editor. Sielander has only recently started submitting poetry, but her poems have been published by Press Pause Press and The Graveyard Zine. Her novellas, upcoming in 2022, have earned her both the Sandy Run and the Bottom Drawer Prizes. Beatrice reads her poem Beewolf, which I encourage you to read online along with the other featured poets on viewlesswings.com after hearing the poem recited.
4: be wolf i wish i were a werewolf where does it say that girls can't be werewolves and why are werewolves conjugated in the simple past and in the plural is this a case of the subjunctive is this a case of the pack see if i were a werewolf such are the questions i would ask other werewolves and the moon with whom canines in general share a vocabulary. Because, unless I have been mysteriously cured of my supposed affliction, I would still be a werewolf while in human form, an action in progress, a condition latent under lunar circumstances, yet not untrue under the light. If one has been a werewolf and will most likely keep her shifting form indefinitely, would it not be appropriate to use present perfect? A bean wolf or bean wolf? A bee wolf? Not a wasp. A bay wolf. Aren't dogs the real werewolves, in the sense that they really were wolves, yet are not wolves anymore? Isn't a particular canine of that species actually a waswolf? Aren't former werewolves werewolves to the power of two or perhaps to the power of zero? Aren't we already admitting to the non-existence of werewolves by putting them in the subjunctive? What about actual wolves? Are they are wolves? Is that one an is-wolf? Do they refer to themselves as am-wolf? Are prehistoric wolves, will-wolves, or perhaps a prepubescent werewolf. Romulus and Remus and Mowgli would be wolves. I bet that's what they're asking the moon. Yes, I would howl about unsatisfactory grammar, even if I were a werewolf. If I were a werewolf, I would ask my pet waswolf about her uncensored opinions and ask her not to pee on the carpet.
0: To conclude this week's episode of Moon-Inspired Poetry, I'm going to read my poem, The Moment Before Totality. Sun, infusion born to burn ten billion years, they pray to me, Ra, Majek, and Mehir in stone temples under my golden hue. Moon, They fear you, yes, but adore me, naming imperfections, sea of tranquility. Lovers entwine, gazing, they trace the sky. Sun, I hold the earth forever in my grasp, and when I die, all will collapse in black. You are lifeless, a shadow cast, debris. Moon, earth holds me close, and so I pull their tides. They call to me. Ku, Luna, and Chandra. Your brilliance blinds, all constellations hide. Sun and Moon. Enough, enough, for when we both align, totality, a mighty ring of fire. They all look up, no fear, only delight. A rush of cool, silence as creatures pause. Sun, moon, and earth, eclipsed to burn as one. Thank you for joining this week's moon-inspired episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast. You can submit your poetry for consideration on Submittable or on the link at the top of our website on viewlesswings.com. The Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch, Subscribe to the Viewless Wings poetry podcast and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at viewlesswings.